RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Kate Howard is 13 years old and is homeschooled with Spectrum Online Academy. She's currently training as a surf lifeguard and lives at the famous Foxton Beach. And uh, Kate caught our eye because she's created a new board game called Disaster Strikes, which aims to help educate young people on being prepared for any type of natural disaster. It's a crowdfunded board game, not for profit, so proceeds will go to cover the production costs and to highlight the achievements of students of the Spectrum Online Academy, an online homeschooling community founded and run by Karen Tui Boys. So, Kate Howard, welcome to our radio station. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. And Karen Tui Boys, thanks for coming on as well. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure to be able to showcase this amazing young lady. Okay, Kate, where did the idea come from? When did you get the idea? So the idea to create a board game started when we did a project at Spectrum Academy Mm -hmm. on using design thinking to create a game. And Karen told me, Kate, it's really important that you choose a topic that you don't know much about. So to push myself, so I chose natural disasters and it was really good because throughout this process, I've learned a lot about natural disasters as well. Okay, I hope it didn't freak you out too much. <laughs> I know. All the terrible things that can happen. <laughs> yes. It was okay. mainly inspired by the Auckland flooding. Okay. But there have been lots of natural disasters because I'm thinking of the earthquake in Christchurch as well. I'm thinking of um, way back, uh, way before your time, the Wahini disaster. And, of course, back in ancient times, there have been huge volcanic eruptions. So so what sort of disasters did you take a look at? Um, I took a look at earthquakes, flooding, uh, also volcanic eruptions. Oh, there and, you go. I got them all. Yes. <laughs> and what, uh, did you, what did you learn? Go, um, go disaster by disaster. What did you learn about, okay, flooding? Um. I learned that lots of problems with flooding is that the floodwaters and people trying to get through them, that's where the main cause of flood deaths is from, of people kind of interfering in the floodwaters rather than kind of going around them and avoiding them. So trying to cross rivers and and stuff like that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, not well. The most recent case of that wasn't it was in the Hawkes Bay. Yes. And Cyclone Gabriel. Did you take a look at that specifically? Uh, not specifically, but that was also an inspiration to the game. What did you find out about the Auckland floods? Because that's in, that's an urban situation, isn't it? In a city. Yes. And and I suppose that people in a city are used to everything working okay and nothing really going wrong, right? Yes. So tell us um, what happened there. What did you look at? Did you look at video footage of what happened? Did you interview anyone? Uh, I did not. And I I didn't look too deeply into those disasters. It was more made me realise how important it is for people to realise how dangerous they can be. Yeah. Earthquakes. Did you look at any? I mentioned the Christchurch one. We had a big one here about five or six years ago that I was here for, you would have probably felt that in Foxton, did you? 
That um, big 7.8 in Kaikoura? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> because we haven't actually been in Fox in that long. So Oh, well, there you go. I shouldn't make assumptions, <laughs> should I? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, that was a biggie uh, as well. And um, it's, uh, I guess the last volcanic eruption we had was Ruapehu in 1995, which I actually went and had a look at and filmed at the time, and that was an incredible. Um, yes. You ever get a chance to look at an eruption close up, take it. Yes. It's the most awesome thing. Okay, so you, you create a game. So the idea is to do what in a game? So there are many different ways that a game can be played. Um, and to kind of figure out, the best way for my game, we did surveys and asked people what they thought the best game was. And I decided on kind of going around the board and picking up cards and doing the actions rather than having an end spot because that wouldn't have worked as well. Okay. So give us an idea of what happens then. You sort of roll the dice, right? There's dice. you got to roll the dice. Yeah. So at the start, you're given a disaster kit, and that is based on your specific disaster. And everyone has a different one. And so do you choose one, or is it allocated? Uh, it's just luck of the draw, really. Oh, so you pull a card out, do you? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And you go around the board and collect survival items, and... You do that by answering questions on natural disasters. And you can also land on spaces where a disaster strikes. And to get through the disaster, you could have to have an item that will help you in that situation. So it's like a random disaster that you just land on unexpectedly. Yes, because the majority of disasters are very unexpected. That's a good point. <laughs> um, so what if you don't have the, the right piece of equipment? What happens? Do you stay on this? So you could either have to give an item back or you could miss a turn. Okay. And that all kind of affects the length of the game depending on whether you have the item, if you have to miss a turn. So um, how many times did you have to sort of play the game to get it right? Uh, we played it Hundreds? many times. <laughs> and it's throughout the process, I definitely have gotten less interested at times, but we played it maybe three times a week at some stages, just trying to make sure that every single problem we found we fixed and then we played it again and made sure that we fixed it properly. Mm -hmm. Yes. What were some of the problems that, I mean, when you're, I guess, testing a game, what comes up? Uh, the main problems were that I had too many of one space and not enough of another. So we were picking up too many of the same cards, which does mean that the game is either longer, slow, boring, and you don't boring. want boring, eh? No, you don't want boring. You got <laughs> yeah, and keep it entertaining. Yep, definitely. And we also had problems with design stuff and making sure that the spaces were big enough that the yep. tokens would fit on it. Just lots of little things that you don't recognize when. You're just playing a game that has been designed by somebody else. 
So um, in terms of the graphics that you've used, um, how did you decide, you know, what, um, I guess, pictures or images to use? And where did you get them from? Did you create them yourself, maybe? So we actually paid for a designer to design the majority of it. And that was really cool, learning how to communicate with the designer and kind of have my little piece of what I would love to see in it. So did you have an idea in your head of what it should look like at all? I definitely had an idea. And since I wasn't designing it, it was really cool to see how other people portray what I I have explained. Yeah. And I initially tried to design it and Mm -hmm. it just wouldn't have worked. And I kind of had to let the control of that aspect go to somebody else. But you still had to direct what you wanted, right? Yes, I did. Do you have any tense moments like, hey, (laughs) I said, don't do that. (laughs) Yes. We had random things in it that I just didn't understand why they were there. Right. And I had to be like, please remove them. At least you're polite about it. (laughs) Okay. So what stage is, is the game at? Disaster Strikes. What stage is it at now? So currently all the design and game aspects are finished. Yep. We have a printer organized and if we reach our funding goal, yep. we will then send the files to the printer and we will get the game produced. How much do you need? We need $3,000 to produce 100 games. Okay, well that's not a huge stretch you got to say. Yes. And one thing that we didn't think about was also shipping, and that is also a cost that we needed to put into it. Right. So people will be able to order the game, will they? Is that how it's going to work? And then you ship it out? Yes. So when they – if they want to pledge some money, they can get a reward and they could get a game and then we will ship it to them. And how – just while we're talking about that, how how can they – order that where do they go have you got a website so the funding platform kickstarter is where ah, they kickstarter. Can order a gotcha. game yeah yes. okay and and do people just um search for disaster strikes do they when they're in there yes they do you search okay. up disaster strikes and it should pop up how do you think you're going to go, go on on sales have you thought of that um we have done the all the maths and <laughs> If we get funded, then... You will. You yeah, will. There should be around 60 games already sold through that. Yep. So we have, like, farmer's markets, and I think that will be where I sell them. Also, Karen has a great network of schools that I hope we could get them through. Because it's fun, but it's there to educate too, right? Is that your aim? Yes. It is mainly an educational game. Okay. And any idea of, um, because people make digital games now too, is, is that, have you been thinking about that as well? Or is that just getting a bit too far ahead of yourself right now? A bit far ahead of my abilities at the moment. Oh, well, you can, the expertise out there. <laughs> yes. Someone listening to this might have an idea. I want to bring Karen now in, Karen Tui Boys from Spectrum Online Academy. This sounds like a really cool thing to do, Karen. Uh, yes, well, it's uh, we all our students were designing board games, and we've had three that had a game that was 
I thought commercially viable and only uh, Kate has seen the whole process through. So right. So you got a few others on the on the go. Yes, absolutely. When you say commercially viable, are you talking about Kate's one or the yes, other Kate, ones or all of them? All the other games, the other three were all commercially viable if they, you know, they were they were topics that I think people would buy and. Yep. I think what's different about Kate's is we haven't found a game that's actually about getting survival items and learning about how to survive. So it has that commerciality to it. You'd think that civil defence as an organisation would want to pick something like your game up, um, Kate, because it's something that um, because it's hard to get people who you know are bored easily or <laughs> bored board game um, who you know are hard to engage in things. Uh, normally, this might just be the way to do it. Like, Hopefully, hopefully by doing it in a board game kind of format, they'll hopefully be more engaged in learning about natural disasters. Yeah. And um, it's a way that they can, you know, reach people that might not be uh, normally reachable. So is this something that, that happens normally in schools, Karen, or is this kind of um, a sort of a project uh, an organisation like yours would undertake? Because it sounds like a, a brilliant way, um, you know, to create a, an entire learning experience and also a creative experience, all those things. Absolutely. Uh, it's um, what uh, what I would dream that every school could do, and it is that authentic curriculum where students are positively engaged with something that interests them, and then we integrate all the other subjects around that. So you've already heard Kate talk about doing maths. She's yep. been do- doing design thinking. She's had to look at uh, so many different aspects. She's had to write all the scripts and uh, all the marketing for it there's just been so much I mean even just this oral language of doing a interview uh, it integrates all these subjects and uh, we would uh, love to see uh, so many more schools doing this um writing stuff for it um Kate what have you written down and um have you done any script writing before because that I've done a bit of that and that, that you know it's not easy to get the right words and to get it you know nice and succinct and everything and and the messaging, you know, on point? Yes. um, I think that the biggest struggle for me and, like, was definitely oral talking about it because I kind of have an idea of what I'm going to say in my head, but my mouth doesn't seem to communicate properly with my brain. We all have that problem, don't worry. I have to make sure that kind of before I speak orally about it, I write down what I'm going to say. That's probably the majority of That's my... That's a smart thing. Yeah, yes. yeah. If more people did that, it would be good. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you're 13. You've got a few years to go before you're out of the school. But um, usually, I mean, I, I remember when I was your age and I was kind of thinking about what interested me for, you know, uh, when I grow up kind of thing. So what, what interests you? Are you interested in sort of creative field or writing or or is this helping you to work out what you might be interested in for what Um, you might do later on? So at the start when we came up with like, I'm going to create a board game, it was way out of my league. I had never thought about anything like that. And I have loved the process of it and all the learning, but I don't think that 
I would follow it as a career. So you um, won't be a board game designer, let's say. No, I don't think I will. But there'll be elements of what you're doing that will apply yeah. to whatever you um, decide to do, right? As of now, I think that I have no idea what I want to do. Fair and enough. This is just a great thing to be like, this is a possibility of what I could do in the future. What if it's really amazingly successful? Well, that would be incredible. How would that be? <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What do your parents think about this? Have they helped you out? They have helped me so much. My dad actually is not an avid board game player. He <laughs> kind of gets bored. So it was really good to have his insight into it because he's not a fan of board games. So he's given me an idea ideas to make it more engaging so okay yeah yes and karen what are the other games you mentioned more than just um kate's what are the other ones that have well, we've, had, we've had a student design a game around geography and oh, yeah. traveling around the world and learning facts around the world and we've had another one who started his game about uh geological facts of new zealand uh and uh, yes so the games are actually ready but uh they uh, haven't taken that next step to want to do the crowdfunding yet to make them a reality. And how do you, I mean, you publicise the crowdfunding like this, but do you have a, like a, a marketing sort of an idea of, of your marketing strategy of getting the message out? I mean, it's, it's, it's not huge. You don't have to spend money on advertising or anything, but surely there are places that you can tell people about it that, um, you know, ha have a, yes. a good number of people listening and watching. Well, I already have a uh, wonderful uh, database of teachers around New Zealand and Australia. Yep. And so um, we've had one teacher, one of our rewards, one of Kate's rewards is that if a school wants to buy five copies of the game and pledge five copies, which is $150, they get uh, 10 minutes with Kate to talk to their class about board game design and there is actually a school in Invercargill who uh, the children are doing some design thinking and doing some board game design and they are having a cake stall next week <laughs> to raise the $150 oh that's so cool buy the games and then they can have Kate come and talk to them via Zoom so uh, yes I've, I'm lucky enough to have those networks and be known yeah. in schools so uh, I don't we will definitely make the uh, uh the target and just how quickly and how soon we will uh, will, will be remain to be seen um, I'm just thinking, Kate, with games, you know, it's it's uh, great to, you know, learn stuff and everything, but have you managed to design in, you know, the competitive feeling? So people are feeling competitive against each other. Uh, so everyone has a different disaster kit, but there are overlapping items. Right. Okay. So you could steal an item that you need. Steal? Yes, that somebody else also needs. Well, yeah. Cake, not steal. Okay take it so it kind of gives that element of are they going to take it do i have the opportunity to take that item yeah because you, you you want that that tension in the game right yes. like who, who's going to win yeah. well of course you want to win <laughs> of course okay well that sounds really cool and you've enjoyed doing that right it's been a cool well, thing it's been hard but i have enjoyed it and I'm excited for it to be over, but I'm excited about how much I've learned. Okay, so 
We've got listeners listening to this right now, and uh, they, I'm sure many of them would like to help out in whatever way they can. So um, I think you mentioned, um, was it a GoFundMe or uh, Kickstarter? Kickstarter. Um, so give us the information about that so maybe people can go there and find out so, more and, and, and give if they want to. So if you go onto Kickstarter, which you can do on Google, on any format, and then yep. search up Disaster Strikes, and you could choose to pledge for a game or you could also donate any amount for no reward. And <laughs> anyway, if you just go and read it and hear about what I've done, that would be amazing. And you need 3000 and you can send it to the printer. Is that what you said? Yes. I can just see the TV ad for it now. <laughs> disaster, when disaster strikes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We could make a commercial for it. Yes. And put it out. That would be fun. Now, there's there's an idea, um, Karen. It's your next, next project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grab the, the video camera and yes. Photoshop and and uh, write a script and make an ad. There you go. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on so much, Kate. Um, great effort telling us about it. And Karen, thank you for being here as well. And um, our audience know where to go. Let's see what happens. And I'm interested to hear what happens next, all right? Thanks so much for having me. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.